0: Hello and welcome to the Aquarius Podcast. I'm your host, Randy Reed, and this episode of the podcast is sponsored by none other than Aquarium Co-op. And for today's sponsorship, let's talk about two exciting new products. First is 25 feet of premium black airline tubing. Oh yeah, Aquarium Co-op has their own airline tubing uh, version two, and this one is in a gorgeous beautifully custom branded package. This stuff looks fantastic, wonderful airline tubing, uh, and it's made with premium food grade PVC. So it is going to last you. It is good stuff. It's flying off the shelves. I mean, we're moving so much of it. I've already got the second uh, add on order coming to us and uh, very, very excited to have, you know, such a staple item added back to Aquarium Co-op. Other vendors couldn't keep up with our demand uh, for airline tubing, so we just had to go out there and source it ourselves, and I'm very, very excited that uh, we have this product. It's uh, very, very simple, but feels like a nice milestone, and that's 25 feet for $4.99, which is a killer deal, and at the time of this, this is May 26, 2020, so hopefully that price doesn't change on you. And the second one, Second product to be excited about, the linear piston air pump. That's right, Aquarium Co-op is now getting into that fish room space. So if you're planning on a fish room or you're planning on upgrading the existing pump in your fish room or replacing it, we are now carrying the gold standard, the Nito Koki, Mito Blower, the LA45C model, which is... 47 liters of air per minute, and that roughly, Corey math, is about 47 air drops, 47 air stones. Um, and this thing, I mean, if you're if you're going to run a fish room in that ballpark of tanks, you know, this is absolutely the gold standard um, linear piston air pump to run. Incredibly quiet, super reliable. Uh, we both know people that have been running this style of pump, this linear piston air pump for so many years never had an issue have never had to service it and it's awesome that we can now add this to our lineup so check out aquariumcoop.com for the 25 feet of premium black airline tubing and the mido blower the la45c available on aquariumcoop.com now on to the interview Today's date is Thursday, May 14th, 2020. My guest today is none other than Zenzo Tezawa, friend of the Aquarius podcast, and this would be episode, well, his second time on the podcast, so whatever episode, this is going to be like 83, 84, I don't know. Zenzo, how are you doing, man?
1: I'm doing well. Thanks for asking. How are you?
0: I'm I'm doing pretty good, man. These are um, certainly interesting times that we are living in right now. And I think for you and many other Americans that live in, uh, you know, kind of the, the very, very dense urban centers, um, I'm, I'm interested to, you know, to kind of to hear how you are doing and from the lens of, of an aquarist and, you know, just how, how the quarantine, the stay-at-home orders and whatnot have impacted you. But then also even before this, there's some really cool stuff for you to, uh, for you to share with. And, you know, hey, who else knows what's, uh, what'll pop up in this conversation? But it, it, it's good to connect with you again, Zenzo.
1: Yeah, you as well. Um, yeah, it's, it has been a crazy time. And uh, I think a lot of us are just uh, dealing with it in different ways. Um, a friend of mine asked me or put out kind of a poll the other day and said, you know, on a scale of one to five, one being terrible and five being great, how is everyone feeling? And then I kind of had to give it some thought. You know, for me, I think uh, if I were to just personalize it and think about how it's impacting me, it's tough because. I feel isolated Um, and the only adult that I really see is my wife and um, I'm not uh, able to really uh, interact with other people, as is the case with pretty much, you know, the majority of the country right now in the world. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, you know, there has been some financial uh, impacts uh, due to this uh, situation. So it's it's, uh, impacted me negatively there, but at the same time, I have to, you know, kind of take a step back and look at it from a macro view and say, you know, I'm healthy, you know, my family's healthy, we're still, you know, comfortable financially. We've got a beautiful home. We've got a gym and a fish room and, you know, lots of good stuff. So it's, it is, uh, you know, I think everyone just deals with it differently. And I've been fortunate to have, uh, you know, my surroundings be very comfortable for me. So it's been nice.
0: Yeah, your your Instagram posts and um social media posts and whatnot definitely show that you are still staying active. You're still exercising. Your beard game is like through the roof right now. So you already know that I have beard envy. And just the fact that your beard game is that amazing it's like, ah oh man, Zenza, you're doing it to me. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it, I guess my perception of one of the biggest benefits of living somewhere like San Francisco or New York or actually in the heart of Seattle or any of these big major urban metropolitan centers is that your trade off is I'm going to live in a home that maybe doesn't have the yard, isn't that typical suburban kind of um, environment that at least I'm used to, even though I. I did grow up out in the country with three acres so i i have that experience as well but you know going out um going to the you know not not so much a bar but going out to adult venues restaurants um you know places where you can get a drink places where you can socialize in large crowds going to your city parks um like those are kind of the main hallmarks and the main um selling features of the of these this urban living right like you don't have to spend nearly as much time at home because you have so much around you and i feel like you know especially for my friend in New York, you know, they've got two small boys and they're cooped up in an apartment and everything they do every day, they're going out, buying more groceries every day, you know, a part of the New Yorker lifestyle. So do, do you feel, do you feel some of that?
1: Um, a little bit, I think for us, you know, and, and you've been to our house before out, even though we are literally in the middle of San Francisco, the area that we live in is a little bit more, suburban feeling you know there's parks and trees and you know we don't have a lot of that uh, other infrastructure that you're mentioning within walking distance like for us to go to a restaurant we'd have to get in a car and drive to a restaurant as an example so um, I don't really uh, I don't feel that so much myself I know that other friends of mine that live in the city that live in apartments and you know live downtown or live in you know different neighborhoods they are feeling that because they don't have that same space and that same Uh, kind of you know spread out situation and they're just kind of stuck in on the fifth floor of an apartment building or something Mm -hmm. and i know they're having a hard time
0: yeah and and i can also feel for you because you know again part of the fun of of just following you on social media is just seeing how much business travel you do um seeing that you're in denver you're in burbank you're flying to florida um you know living vicariously through you from a travel perspective and now that that's when's the last time you've been on an airplane uh, the last
1: time I was on an airplane was March 9th
0: okay March 9th yeah so yeah. so for you I mean that's like you know had had this not all happened like you would have probably gone on I don't know 20 different flights since then like some some crazy number and so now like that that was such a, a large part of your life for good or bad and now that you you haven't been doing that
1: yeah it's been a huge adjustment right I mean so I I literally fly an average of about a hundred flights per year so um, easily, you know, in that time span between, you know, my last flight and, and today, it would have been easily 20 flights, you know, 20 flights as an example. So, um, you know, that that has been uh, a, is a big change, obviously. It's just, it's just uh, something that I'm having to get accustomed to. I do like being at home, um, to be honest. Uh, I do love that I'm able to spend more time with my aquariums. I'm starting to think about different projects that i can get into with my fish tanks and you know looking at uh, different ways of you know scaping and just different ideas so um i do enjoy that i'm sure that my fish probably have benefited from it as well because you know maybe i'm doing a little bit more water changes or they're getting fed a little bit more and um but yeah no no travel and i don't see myself traveling anytime soon so um it'll be quite a while before i'm back up in the air again i'm sure
0: yeah i was gonna say that was a nice segue into how this has then benefited your fish room and and by no means are you a slouch i mean I, i'd put you up there with with dean as far as the amount of tank maintenance that you're, you're probably already doing uh, even with your busy travel and work schedule but i would have to imagine that like right now your fish are just super fat and happy and super well-maintained tanks
1: yeah well you know so it's a it's kind of a combination so If we were to go back let's say four or five months ago um before i had my fish room renovated the fish room was it was evolving it was getting better and better but it was still kind of it wasn't the best place to hang out in you know kind of had that kind of industrial feel and um and then when uh, Corey and and uh, from aquarium co-op and dean came down and uh, we remodeled the fish room ever since then it's been more enjoyable for me to hang out in. so already just by having that change um i was spending more time down there even when i was you know with my busy schedule i was trying to find time to uh, go down there and and uh, kind of sit and hang out and just uh you know relax um but uh, with everything that's changed now, with me being home all the time, um, water changes probably a little bit more frequently. You know, I mean, I was really good with water changes anyway. I was very on top of it as has been, you know, documented in all of my YouTube videos over the years. Uh, but probably a little bit more attention there. Um, definitely the feeding, because like if I was traveling for a day or two, then the fish don't get fed. And, and very few of my tanks have auto feeders. I just would let them not eat for a couple days and they were fine so um i uh definitely they're they're not skipping you know any meals now and they're uh they're uh, they're they're fat and happy um the other thing that i've done is uh so for those of you that don't know i'm also very into weightlifting and fitness and that's always been a big part of my life i actually have a second channel that i'm just kind of starting out that uh, is all about fitness and health and wellness and everything but um I actually, uh, in my basement, uh, the fish room was segmented. Be- and it was a, like a 300 square foot room. We took like two, third, ter- two thirds of it in, into the fish room, and then the rest of it was a storage. And uh, when all of this started happening, I bought a bunch of gym equipment and kind of set up a gym in my garage and got up you know, all kinds of stuff and then uh, decided to move everything around. I emptied out our storage unit, which was next to the fish room. And so now my gym is actually the room that's adjacent to my fish room. So I literally can like do a set of, you know, squats or deadlifts or bench press you know sets or whatever, and then go into the fish room and like start a water change, go back in, do another set, go into the fish room, check on the tank. So I'll do both at the same time where I'm like just listening to music or I've got the TV playing down in the, in in the, uh, in the gym. And then I'm, literally doing water changes and lifting weights at the exact same time. So that's kind of my new, my new thing. So yes, that's been interesting, you know, to, to cause I'm stuck at home. I can't like, I'm going to the gym. My my house is my gym now. So um, definitely I think my fish, fish are benefiting uh, seeing some spotting activity again. And, um, and, and I'm just having fun with my fish. It's just fun to uh, have time to just enjoy them. I think sometimes I get so caught up in doing so many different things that sometimes I don't get a chance to stop and smell the roses, so to speak. So being able to have more time with them and, you know, look at, wow, you know, look at these fish they just spawned and, you know, having plans about, you know, doing different things has been great.
0: Yeah. I think that's, you know, there's a lot there to unpack, but I think just the fact that, you know, you're, re-enjoying your fish room is 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 huge man because i mean when you're when you're traveling that much and you know as busy of a person as you are with work and your social media presence and um just inherently having a fish room it can it can be a grind you know and i'm i'm sure you know that i'm sure a lot of listeners know that that you know you go through these um through these kind of peaks and valleys of being excited and um you know changing something in the fish room. So I'm sure your renovation definitely excited you, but then also the breeding activity. And even if it's something that you've bred for, at least for me, speaking for me, um, every time I see a new clutch of, even again, something as simple as bristle nose gets me excited or seeing, you know, a couple new fry from uh, the black tie Moscow's that I'm like, okay, I'll go ahead. And cause I was, I was going to relegate those particular guppies. They were just at a 10 gallon tank. I was eventually just going to take the whole last remaining group into the co-op um, and just let them go. And I'm like, no, I'm actually. I looked at them. I took a closer look. And I'm like, man, they're like, they seem even more vibrant than the the group that I initially brought in. Um, and so I moved them to all their whole their own forty breeder, and they've just been getting fat and happy on 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 brine shrimp every single night with krill flake, and you know, just really, really taking care of them. And uh, one of the females is just a monster right now. She's huge, and you know, it's just these little things that spark the excitement and really, I don't want to say kick the can down the road, but um, You know, somehow you just need to kind of build that in, like, how do you build that cycle in of just, you know, continuing to have these discoveries and these achievements and these milestones where it's like, man, this is a really, really fun hobby and it's not a grind.
1: Right. Well, definitely there is that excitement. And and, uh, as you shared, if you you see a fish that spawned or something's different in the tank, I think for me, a big part of it is that it's uh, it's an escape for me. Um, And, you know, I've always looked at my aquariums as... Uh, a bit of an escape. It's kind of like my aquatic garden where I can just go away somewhere, leave my busy life, and just have a chance to relax and enjoy nature in a glass box. Um, but now, you know, that I'm homebound and I, you know, I rarely leave the house at all. Um, it, but, and, and, and work has been incredibly busy for me. It's been incredibly stressful, my regular corporate job. And uh, it's literally, you know, eight to 10 conference calls a day and all kinds of projects and just high level stress. And uh, sometimes in the middle of the day, I'll just like stop and I'll just say, I, I need to get away and I'll go downstairs in the basement for, in the fish room for, you know, just 15, 20 minutes just to just find an excuse to be down there for a little bit and feed my fish and look at things and maybe wipe off a little bit of algae and move a couple plants around. And so that is really, it's, it's almost, uh, it's almost, um, it's benefiting my mental health. I, I, I really do believe that uh, me having my aquariums is really helping me, you know, because if I didn't have this, I mean, it's just, I'd be, well, I mean, I'm, I'd be busy working or, you know, working out, but then in my downtime, I'd maybe just be sitting in front, in front of the TV, you know, watching Netflix or something. You know, it's funny as everyone's talking about like all the Netflix shows that they're watching now <laughs> and all these TV shows. And I'm like, I have, I'm watching less TV now than I was before because I'm just, I'm busy and I'm, or I find stuff to do that's not just sitting there. So, um, but I do think that having an aquarium is very beneficial. I I remember, Randy, you talked about this a long time ago, um, talking about how you felt that it would be very beneficial if everybody had you know, a little slice of nature in their home and their apartment, to, uh, to enjoy. And, um, I agree. I think it is definitely, uh, you know, and so I'm sure everyone listening to this podcast is, is a uh, hobbyist or, you know, keeps aquariums. So they probably feel the same, but, uh, definitely I do see the benefit of, of having, um, aquariums at home.
0: Yeah. A hundred percent. Something that lets you decompress when you go home and not that like, A dog or a cat isn't a good pet or a a good, you know, source of relaxation because I'm I'm pretty sure that there are studies where, you know, your heart rate lowers when you're petting a dog and things like that. But um, having something that's confined to your home, whether it's in a fish room or in your living room, where you can just like your setup that you have or you've got that one chair that you put in front of that aquarium or whatever it is, you've got this view. Your body's physically relaxed, and then all of a sudden your mind, you just get lost visually in what's happening in your aquarium. And, you know, we're talking right now, and I'm looking at my little Spec 3 with the cherry shrimp just going to town on some food that I put in. And, you know, I'm just relaxed listening to you talk and watching these cherry shrimp eat. It's 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 an awesome thing. And, you know, I from what it sounds like, there's a lot of people that during this quarantine period have gotten into Um, aquariums and reptiles and amphibians and things like that. It sounds like the the pet uh, trade didn't really, you know, as as unfortunate as the situation is, it sounds like, you know, it wasn't, like anything that the restaurant industry probably has experienced um so hopefully all of these new people are are finding those benefits especially with aquariums and that hopefully they get good that you know when they do their youtube searches on you know how to properly keep this aquarium they're finding things like aquarium co-op and your channel and all these other channels that provide good content that will help them with husbandry and whatnot and coming out of this period they'll be successful right it's like when people go and they rush and they get a bunny during easter for their kid and then all of a sudden two weeks later there's just masses of bunnies that are available on craigslist for free um you know hopefully this is the this is the opposite of that right and people are like wow this is an amazing hobby and i'm so glad that we did get this aquarium even though our lives have returned to something that's more like normal um we still do enjoy this aquarium and, and actually I, I think I don't know if uh, if you' if you've touched on this or not, but you' you're actually you're embarking on this like this this like a social media outlet where if you tune into Zenzo Tezawa, you are gonna see a proponent of somebody that won, does physical um physical health in that you are a big fitness buff. You're launching this fitness channel. So there's we all know the the benefits of exercise and weightlifting and all of this stuff for your physical well-being and how that also helps your your mental state, but also the relaxation side of things, the nature side of things with the aquariums. So I don't know if you've already tied those two together on either one of your channels, but I think you're that there's something really powerful there, Zenzo, of you know, physically working out, getting that physical exertion that myself included with my, you know, dad bod WWE championship belt, you know, donut <laughs> around my midsection that I know I need to keep working on. Um, but, you know, it, it's it's not just enough to have the nature side and it's not just enough to have the physical exertion. It's I think if you can, if you leverage and combine both of those things, man, that's powerful. That's a powerful, powerful message to help people.
1: Yeah, I actually, I haven't, I haven't thought of that. I think uh, probably 99% of the audience of my new fitness channel is they're already... Um, YouTube subscribers on the fish on the fish channel. So, um, but yeah, it's probably a topic I could approach and and uh, try to uh, maybe help uh, you know, create a bridge there between the two. Um, you, you had mentioned earlier about uh, local fish stores or you know, fish stores still being open, and uh, I do see that uh, as a, a huge uh, win, obviously for the industry. Um, I still do worry about the smaller local fish stores uh, because you know, the economy is not strong. When you look at the U.S. unemployment rate right now, it's you know, approaching 15%. That's pretty significant, right? Mm-hmm, and yeah. so people, and then people that are working, they probably have less, uh, less income. So, um, you know, I, I, I would, yeah, if, if I were to reach out to your audience, I would implore them to shop at their local fish store as much as possible. Um, it's not always you know, an option for a lot of people and you might only have a large big box pet store available where you live. But if there is a local fish store within a reasonable distance, I would say go support them um, for a couple of reasons. One, we wanna make sure that local fish stores uh, continue to thrive and are going to be around for the foreseeable future. And then also, I, I, it's my belief that the local fish store is going to give you a better overall experience when it comes to buying fish, buying equipment, getting assistance, understanding how to care for what you've purchased, and uh, you don't always get that at those larger stores, at the larger chain uh, national stores. Not to say that you can't get, you know, good advice at a PetSmart or a Petco from time to time, it does happen. But the majority of the time it doesn't, but at the local fish stores, you usually do get a much better experience. So I think for the hobby, it's important to support, uh, support those businesses because that's, I think ultimately what's going to, you know, allow us to continue to be successful
0: yeah I mean that's uh, that, that's a, a very powerful call to action I mean I, you know at aquarium co-op sure we're, we're an e-commerce business but I when I engage with vendors in conversations and we talk about um, pricing and you know what uh, what big box does I mean I don't know if you've seen uh, some of the more recent postings on one of the canister filters where basically you could go into a, into a big box store and through some ridiculous series of combinations you could get this thing for a100 dollars and I think the MSRP on that canister filter is like299. So this is this like big box store, which, sure, it's great for those few consumers that are going to get that, but for like a mom and pop that doesn't have the same buying power for the mom and pop that maybe has one or two units on the shelf that they can't run all these crazy prices that basically break um, manufacturer advertised pricing laws or rules and whatnot when you agree to sell these products, that's absolutely brutal. Like that just... That's, a, that's such a terrible right. thing. And, and, and the fact that, you know, dry goods and equipment aside, like livestock, this is such right. a unique industry. It's such a unique space in that you can't just buy everything online because you still have to have people to be able to go in and visually look at fish and have that experience. And, you know, sure, even if there is an online site that can do a fantastic job of providing healthy fish, ship them to you on time, there's something magical right and I've shared my experience before as a kid going into the mall fish store mall like the, the pet stores where they used to sell dogs and cats and birds and like everything under the sun in one little store in the mall those were magical experiences right maybe, maybe the husbandry wasn't the best maybe the animal care or maybe the fish quality wasn't as good as you know what, what like an aquarium co-op strives for but as a kid it left an impression on me right and there's, there's like a handful of memories when you're four or five years old that you hold on to and that's one of them like those are memories that I still really hold on to and really enjoyed every single time we went into those stores and, and picked out a fish and brought them home.
1: Yeah, I had similar experiences. Uh, I was an animal collector when I was a kid, so, uh, <laughs> you know, it was, there
0: was always something.
1: It was a mouse or a hamster or a bird or a lizard or, you know, so,
0: yeah, I'm, I'm uh, with you in that camp. I just, uh, not to completely digress, but I just bought my son a, a Pac-Man frog. So oh, those are cute. Yeah. 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 It's like the perfect, like you're not supposed to hold them. They're just gonna sit still in one spot. Like just a, a real cool looking frog. And so we've already fed him a couple crickets. And um, I actually got him hooked on uh, we watched a couple YouTube videos of people feeding their Pac-Man frogs, and he got a kick out of the uh, out of the, the cricket feeding. So my little my little three year old, not only did he already like the fish room and fish with a beta in his room, but now right next to the beta tank is a Pac-Man frog tank
1: that's cute
0: so yeah not to yeah not i'm not gonna turn into a pet tuber though (laughs) (laughs) oh man so uh your experience then with your local fish stores um how, how has that been they have have they all pretty much been operating um are they curbside only are you able to take in the fish that you've been breeding like how has that kind of impacted you and the stores
1: yeah yeah they're still open they have restrictions on how many people can be in the store obviously you want to have you know face coverings on a mask etc um i i'm not uh, breeding fish to sell at stores anymore so i haven't had that experience but i have been to a couple of the local fish stores um over the past couple of months just to One, just to check in on them and see how they're doing and, you know, just trying to find a reason to spend money. Uh, (laughs) So I was just like, well, I mean, let me just come in and support you and, you know, buy some rocks or something like that. So, but, uh, you know, they are, I think they're just like every other business that's open. That's not, um, that's not stocking toilet paper. I think that they are, (laughs) uh, they're open. They're limiting their hours. They've seen a decline in sales. Um, but, uh, you know, they're still able to operate.
0: Yeah. What's, uh, what, what was the reason why you're not uh, doing any, like, breeding for retail stores anymore?
1: Yeah, to, to be honest, I just felt like, if, for me, personally, the breeding for profit was more work than it was worth. And um, because I'm very fortunate to have a couple of revenue streams, um, my main job being a significant one, um it was a lot of work, and I stopped enjoying it. you yeah, know for yeah, me yeah. to spend you know four months trying to breed up a batch of 100 peacock for me to sell at the store for three dollars a piece, it's just I just felt like there was so much other stuff that I could be doing with my time um and it also wasn't um fun uh, aesthetically it, it it didn't um. You know, when you have these just large breeding tubs and buckets and, you know, or containers or whatever, they don't, uh, they're not the same, right? You just have a 55-gallon plastic thing on the ground with some plastic on top of it. and You're just growing out fish versus having a nice display aquarium that you can, you know, see what's going on. So that's kind of been my focus. It just wasn't worth, for me, it wasn't worth the effort, Mm -hmm. Um, and it wasn't enjoyable. I mean, it was enjoyable for, for a time because it was, and I, I don't think I ever really did it for the money. I just did it to, to do it sure. and to just kind of, you know, to, you know, check that box and, and say, yes, I have read for profit for a couple of years. And, um, but, you know, I, I think if you really look at your whole operation, you, you know, look at how much you spend on food and energy costs and everything, I think the profit margin is
0: very, very, very thin. Well, that's why um, that's why Dean and I called it just kind of breeding to cover costs.
1: Right. That's exactly what it is. I mean, it's just uh, you're not making enough money to make a living out of it unless you've really, you know, if you've really, like, you know, done a great job on specializing on, a, you know, a few categories of fish that are easy to breed and feed and grow quickly and easy to sell for a good price that doesn't take up a lot of real estate, I could see that if you're doing – if you're selling, you know, live bears and shrimp and, and you've got a good system and, you know, maybe, you know, six tanks or something and it's easy to, easy to move, then that would be fine. But, you know, when you're doing cichlids and stuff like that, it's just not, it's, I, don't, I don't see the, uh, you'd have to do it at such a large scale for it to be really worthwhile, I think. You know, that's why the, all the ponds and, I mean, all the farms, like in, you know, warmer climates, they have, big ponds, right? And if you're in Florida or Thailand or wherever, you can just dig a, you know, half an acre area full of ponds and have millions of fish, and that's what you—that's where you get that economy of scale. So.
0: Yeah, yeah I, t- I totally agree with you, and it, it, it's interesting that it, by no means is my fish room anything breeding for profit, I think I was where you were a couple years ago in that just breeding to do it and breeding for fun and breeding for the challenge, like turning my fish room into this kind of factory of me being able to successfully have spawns and raise up the offspring, and then I'm, I'm really finding satisfaction in knowing that there are people that are taking these fish home. Like that, the fact that of the hundreds and thousands of fish in a store, they're picking mine, right? Like there, there's just like this really, really cool, warm feeling, and maybe that'll rub off in a couple years. I am, I am diversifying the fish room a little bit in the few species that I am going to be focusing on. So it's not just going to be discus or just angelfish or just those super red bristle nose. I've included a couple more um, to, you know, to have that, that a little bit more spice in the operation. Um, but yeah, I mean, because it, it, then it sounds like you are then going towards more like each tank will be its own individual thing with a different type of fish that you've never experienced and um, something for you to learn and something for you to share with people that follow you on on social media it does that sound like a fair yeah I mean, that's that's
1: pretty much exactly what i've done and i know it's been quite a while since you've been down to visit but uh my my fish room is basically transformed into uh a gallery for lack of a better term so it's it's more so you know this is my african mudskipper tank this is my my brackish uh you know top hat that blenny tank this is my Oscar tank, this is my Tanganyikan tank. So that they're all kind of, they all have their own character. Um, they all have fish that are, um, you know, kind of unique or fish that I enjoy, you know, significantly. Um, and, and as far as breeding, the only fish that I'm breeding to where I'm trying to get fish to other people are fish that are hard to get. Um, mainly um, the five-star generals that I have have been pretty popular and people have been asking me to get some they're not the easiest to to spawn and raise out uh just because of aggression even the fry will kill each other um, when they get bigger and um and then of course my shell dwellers which are you know easy to care for and people love those so and they're not always easy to find around here in, in this part of california so but otherwise yeah everything's pretty much just set up as um display tanks um i've got uh maybe i think i've got five tanks now that are just kind of like uh overflow holding tanks throw out tanks and everything else is uh, for display
0: can you talk about the uh the renovation like what were the what were the main things done and what was kind of the process of when Corey and dean came down um and you know you guys tackled this this renovation project of yours yeah so it
1: was uh it was pretty, pretty substantial. It was a lot of work. Um, you know, Corey uh, did uh, procure a lot of stuff to to make it happen. Um, really, what uh, and, and I kind of didn't know what they were going to do. It was kind of like the the Pit My Ride TV show, and <laughs> but, you know, box boxes started showing up my house at my house a couple of weeks in advance with lights and blankets and all kinds of stuff, but basically um, what the objective was, was to create a, an environment that was aesthetically pleasing and um, from an audio standpoint was uh, uh, quieter. Um, so reducing the noise down there so that it, it's to reduce the noise to where it was enjoyed, enjoyable to be there. Uh, reduce the noise to where I could film and the you know the ambient noise would not be picked up by the microphones and to have it uh, aesthetically pleasing on camera and then also be able to enjoy it uh, myself. So um, basically what we did is we kind of looked at everything and and said okay this is the plan and we just started tearing everything apart. I, I had like a junk hauler come and haul away a full truckload of, of stuff but we what, basically what took everything back. What down. kind of stuff? Like fish room stuff? Well, it was just like uh, just a bunch of junk I had laying around and collecting over the years. Uh, you know, old DIY aquarium lids and stuff uh. like that. Old pieces of PVC and just junk like that. Um, old lights that were collected and given to me. Um, just the just the stuff that everyone has in their garage over the years and just collects and collects. And then um, all uh, a lot of like the ins, uh, like the, the the walls that I had up the uh, kind of those faux insulating walls. We kind of move some stuff around. Um, so basically what we did is we took everything down to the bare just the base of the tanks and redid the filtration. That was the first thing that we did. So I run a central air pump and I was running a, um, a diaphragm uh, Gemco pump. So uh, Corey had uh, purchased a uh, a larger uh, linear piston pump, which is a quieter operation. For those of you that don't know, a central air pump is a large, think of like an air pump for your fish tank, but on steroids, you know, times 10, that can filter 45 aquariums at the same time. So we did that. We put that up uh, linear piston and Dean redid all the PVC. The Dean did like all the construction work um and then i was kind of like his helper and then Corey was just supervising <laughs> and uh
0: so he would no 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 he was he was managing the content creation right was that because that... yeah no because I, I don't he think was... he put anything out on the youtube on, on our channel no
1: he was he was just sitting there just kind of watching <laughs> us so um so so you know we, we installed all the pvc and then we installed a uh a uh basically it's a wood uh kind of a wood frame around the entire fish room so that we can attach the, um, the acoustic panels. So we have uh, these black acoustic panels. So they look like, uh, I'm trying to describe it. It's like a moving blanket, but if a moving blanket were 10 pounds
0: hmm.
1: each. Um, so very, very heavy, very dense, and all black with uh, metal grommets in them. So we hung them all around the room. So it basically made the entire room, all the walls turned black right because it, it covered all the insulation it covered all the filtration all the all the airlines everything got hidden so that all you see is these black walls and then the aquariums we redid, we redid all the aquarium lights and uh put in all because i had a mismatch of all kinds of crazy lights i had like the the little clamp lights that you buy at the, the hardware store and i took off the clamp and was hanging them as like little Light bulb pendants. It was terrible, <laughs> so uh, so we we redid all the lights. We we ran the uh, Gen One Fidex uh, lights. Uh, we did the the uh, the Wi Fi controllers, um, so everything's uh, accessible from my phone. There's an app but I can control everything. I can control my security camera from my phone uh, in the fish room. Um, added some furniture. I I uh, painted all the. Um, I installed. of wood coverings and all the racks and painted them black um trying to think what else we did Uh, we moved some tanks that was probably the most challenging part is there were some tanks that we had to move but we had to move them with the fish still in the tank and a little bit of water so it was uh and we're talking about like lowering the tank by two inches so they might have been propped up by some two by six or something we had to lift, you know, drain the water till there's like an inch of water for the fish and then lift up the tank and pull out the two-by-sixes. It's pretty hairy at times. Mm-hmm. But uh, but the end result was, I mean, I'm sure anyone who's seen my channel from before and after, the end result is just uh, astonishing. Um, not only does it look a hundred times better, but it sounds better. People always comment on audio quality down there. Um, and I didn't change anything as far as my microphone set up or my camera it's just that the room is so much quieter so yeah it's, the it's, it's the, the
0: transformation is definitely night and day difference i mean it looks you know i've teased you before that uh, previously if somebody didn't know you and they didn't know that you're a fish keeper they might think that you're like a government conspiracy kind of guy it's like man this guy's like lined <laughs> this room with aluminum foil he's probably wearing the aluminum, <laughs> aluminum foil hat and now you see it and it's just it looks like a studio it looks like a very very well put together um like lounge studio where it, it's very like purpose built for I don't want to say purpose built for filming but it just you know it, it leverages itself to the filming and the audio but it also just looks like somewhere like I can't wait till the next time I get to come to your house and just hang out down there it just looks like a very very chill spot
1: yeah it's kind of like um my old setup was like the inside of a walk-in refrigerator uh, <laughs> so it's just like this basically it's like this steel box with this like yucky stuff everywhere and now it's just like, uh, it's like if Peter McKinnon had a fish room or something, it was just something that's just, it's just, it's so much better.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's, it, it's really, it's really fantastic, man. It looks great. And, uh, you know, so much that if, from the sound dampening perspective, I actually want to look into some sound dampening things for for my ceiling. Maybe not like full on panels, but, uh, um, I don't know, like those wood acoustic things that they have that kind of capture sound and keep it from bouncing around to, you know, really deaden. Because in my, you know, 10 by 12 fish room, you know, you get the ZIS, uh, you get like 10 ZIS or 12 ZIS going and um, uh, normal sponge filters. I mean, it, it can it, it makes a little bit of racket. So if I wanted to film or record anything in there, dehumidifier's got to go off, the, f- the circulating fan has to come off, and then the uh, air piston, uh, linear piston air pump needs to get turned off yeah. as well.
1: So now I don't turn off my, my dehumidifier runs nonstop and I don't turn it off. Nice. Did it move? Um, Did you move it? It, yeah, we moved okay. it. Um, we moved it. So, we had a little section of my fish room that was unutilized before, and it was just piled with junk. It's that little
0: back kind of cubby, right? Correct. Yeah. And it was
1: always Dean's idea to put more tanks back there. And so that's the first thing that he did is he ripped that area apart so we could add some aquariums <laughs> back there. So, so we actually we added a sink. I forgot to mention we added a sink in there as well. Um, we added you know space for more aquariums. And then we built an area for the dehumidifier to go in that back cubby and then go behind uh, an acoustic uh, blanket. So it's um, you can't see it and you you can hear it if you go around the corner and listen. But it's it's not loud like it was before. Um, And I have two fans in there running as well. And even with the fans, it's um, it's pretty quiet. So I even go down there for work sometimes and just to have a quiet place for, you know, a conference call or. Just to you know, to have a different scenery, I'll just go down there and you know be on the phone or something. And people people don't know that I'm in a fish room. It just sounds like an office.
0: So then, your tidiness and organization has probably grown tenfold since this renovation.
1: Yes, I mean my my I, I'm always I'm always cognizant. I'm a pretty tidy person anyway. I'm am always been very into cleanliness and neatness. Um, but you know now I I, I it's, if you have something that's that's nice you tend to want to keep it that way versus if you had something that's just kind of utilitarian and average and you don't care as much Mm -hmm. so someone someone gets a nice new shiny car they're washing it they're waxing it they're conditioning the leather they're you know making sure it's taken care of there's no bird droppings on it and they don't leave you know garbage inside but if you just have like just your commuter car your truck whatever you just you know whatever, you don't, you don't care so much about it. If there's a, you know, hamburger wrapper in there, you know, cup in the back or whatever, you don't, you don't, you don't necessarily care as much. And so it's kind of like that, it's a shiny, shiny thing that I love to just keep that way. And because I am filming down there all the time, I'm I'm also very aware of how it appears. And so um, I try to keep it clutter free.
0: Well, there's there's a certain element of do what I say, not as I do. um, In that I know that from my supply chain, my manufacturing experience, and what I've what I've brought to Aquarium Co-op is um, these these lean production. Uh, methodologies, 5S, and all these things that basically summarize to like having a neat, tidy, organized workspace is going to give you the best quality. It's going to give you the best experience for, for your workforce, all of those things. And so when you watch like the shipping videos of Aquarium Co-op and, and all that stuff, like so much of that has translated to this operation. Now, when you step into my office and when you step into my fish room at home, it is do as I say, not as I do, right? And I know that having a 10 by 12 foot... Uh, um, fish room that is, you know, four walls, four racks on each wall um, or a rack on each wall, like having a very very small space where you don't have like full on um, countertop space and and whatnot to leverage for storage, I really need to practice those things, and I've and over the past couple of weeks I've been doing that, and you know one of the issues is there's so many products that we test, there's so many so many foods that we test that you know I'll feed it for a couple of weeks, and then it's like okay well this this you know here I I now have Um, a good grasp on this food and i'm just going to continue to feed my my staple fish foods and then i just kind of relegate it to a bin or somewhere Um, somewhere in the fish room basically and so what ends up happening is if I want to do something if I want to grab a certain thing I end up playing um, you know parking lot madness where I pick up four foods move them on this you know on top of this tank and then I grab the food I want and then I have to move those four foods off the tank to feed that tank and so I really need to just get in my fish room and do a real big Marie Kondo you know purge and just get rid yeah. of all of these things that uh, I'm done with. Like, I don't need it anymore, so it needs to go, right? And if it's a DIY yeah. thing and I am and I use it again in a year, then I'll just make it again in a year, right? Assuming it's not something incredibly expensive. But I, I really need to practice that in my own fish room because I know there's a certain level of um, I'm, I'm, I'm losing a little bit of enjoyment in there having to touch these things a hundred times just to feed all my different tanks because I don't have the space to have all of these foods that I'm not going to feed or all of these products that I'm not going to, I don't need to test anymore and they're not going to reside in the tank or anything like that.
1: Yeah. So, uh, you know, for me, it's, you know, I I went through the the same process where I looked at everything that I had, all the stuff that I pulled out. And I basically, if I didn't have a space to store it, I looked at it and said, do I need this? Is it something that I'm going to need? in the next two months, the next six months, am I never going to need it? And I kind of went through this elimination process. So as an example, I had this, uh... that's loud. Yeah,
0: yeah motorcycle <laughs> going by. Uh,
1: I had a, um, I had this chiller, this really nice chiller uh, that was like $350 retail. I got it for free. I thought one day if I move somewhere hot, I might need it or something like that. Or if I build this reef tank or something, and it just sat in storage forever. And finally, I'm like, I'm never gonna use this. And so I just had a bunch of stuff like that. But I just called up one of my friends and said, hey, I've got a bunch of stuff. You gotta come get it all and you can have it. You know, aquarium lights and stuff like that. And he just came and picked it up and loved it. Um, and I do that with fish food sometimes. If there's a fish food that, you know, I can't use for a certain reason um, or, you know, I don't, I don't need. I'll oh, just say, hey, I know you have 20 tanks. Here's a bag of food and you can have it. And so um, I just try to offload stuff that I, you know, either can't use or won't use for the foreseeable future and just move it on.
0: Yeah, I mean, there, there really is something to a, a tidy, organized workplace that really, you know, whether it's subconscious or you overtly recognize it, there is a benefit to it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. The other thing is I don't like things that plug in. So I try to eliminate uh, things that require me to plug it in as much as possible. So I've been slowly whittling away my, you know, my storage of uh, all electronic, not electronic things, but like, you know, extra canister filter stuff and hang on the backs and heaters. I just, I know I'm not going to use it. So and I don't want to if I don't have to. So I've just been giving that stuff away.
0: That's the, that's the one side to the discus is uh, the need for the heaters and all the tanks.
1: Yeah, I could see that. I mean, for me, I only have uh, one tank with discus. and So my, in my, my tanks in my house, I have heaters. But in the fish room, I just heat the room. So that room now stays at a comfortable 80 to 81 degrees all the time. At about 30 to 35 percent humidity so it's perfect um so i don't have to heat any of the tanks down there and just just the ones in my house
0: yeah my my balancing yeah. act yeah. is before um when it was primarily angels and discus and the, the bristlenose didn't seem to mind one way or another and when Corey filmed the fish room i think i was running it somewhere between 81 to 83 is kind of the average of my fish room with a you know 35 percent humidity so that dehumidifier was always putting out heat and sucking out moisture um and now you know working on working with some Corridoras, working with some other things that like a little bit of a cooler temperature and even having them on the bottom racks the bottom shelves of the of the uh, of the racks um, I've, I think I've brought in the fish room overall temperature down to about 78 so those bottom tanks should be somewhere closer to 75 or 76 um, and then mm-hmm. relying a little bit more on the heaters and the discus tank to, to heat the, that water um, and so now I'm, I'm trying to find this new temperature balancing act and it's just one more it's just one more layer that is Complication, but it's like, oh, this is one more thing to me to f- for me to figure out. And I think the next move for me is when I installed the ceiling fan. So in the video where I where I took down that 210 gallon and then I put in that new rack on that wall um, up above, mm-hmm. you, you may maybe you see. It. I don't know if I call it out or not, but there's a there's a, a a fan, a ventilation fan that I installed that obviously vents outside of the fish room um, outside of the house. And before I had it hooked up to a humidity sensor um, that ended up not working and so i now have it on a simple on off you know just light switch and i think the next move is i need to make sure like voltage and all that fun stuff is right but i think i'm just going to get like a nest or some type of thermostat and have that thing hook on to basically if ever it gets to be 79 degrees or or anything above a certain point kick that ventilation fan especially as the summertime rolls around and that garage is going to warm up um, cause you know, I could, I could turn off the dehumidifier, but then you're going to get a lot of, um, it's just going to start to get that real humid kind of nastiness, which, you know, you could, you could drop like five degrees, but if it's humid, it feels like it's 10 degrees hotter than it was. You know what I mean? Um, so I, I, yeah. I, I, I need to leverage that ventilation fan a little bit more to manage the temperature and the humidity and just the feel in that fish room, especially as we roll into summertime.
1: The other thing you could do is, I mean, definitely keep the the cooler water tanks down low and away from the dehumidifier. And it'll be probably, you know, four-degree difference between that low tank and the high tank. Oh, for sure. For sure. But also, if you insulate your room, not only does it help retain heat, but it also helps keep it cool as well. Mm -hmm. So if you think...
0: Uh, yeah, I was gonna say the uh, the the wall that shares the house, so it's a it's a, a separating wall between the garage and the house, and built the fish room in the garage. So that was already insulated. When we erected the two new walls, those are both insulated. The door is a is a thick wood door. It's not a hollow core, um, so that has its own insulating you know properties to it. Uh, the the shared wall with the outside of the house that is insulated with the blow-in, um, blow-in insulation. And the one thing that I could probably do if I wanted to get real crazy is do blow-in insulation between the upstairs room above the garage and the fish room. So it's basically my son's room that's right above the fish room, and you can actually right. hear, you can hear the sponge filters and in the in, in all the air going in his room because there's no insulation between, uh, between that, you know, fish room right. ceiling and then his floor basically.
1: Yeah, you can always get like the uh, those uh, insulating panels, like the ones that right. I was using yeah. before, and just find something to cover it to make it look good mm-hmm. or paint them or something.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah, and that and that's kind of where the um, you know something to 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 dampen the sound. Maybe it would also help to insulate a little bit. I don't, I don't know. Um, it's not. Yeah, it's not ultra high on the priority list but you know there's 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 like you're saying there's definitely things that uh that i can do and um step one is getting that thermostat hooked up to the ventilation fan seeing what that does um and then you know if it gets too hot in there i could always just leave the door open to the garage and that would probably help get even more air circulation through there yeah so let's see what else what else enzo i see that we're approaching your uh so you've got a hard stop here in a few minutes what else uh what yeah are, what do you what do you got planned, man give me like a a couple minute recap and then i will i will release you from the bonds of podcast interview
1: <laughs> yeah you know i think uh gosh i mean i mean i have a lot of projects that i want to do i just can't do them right now because of our shelter in place situation um i want to rescape my oscar tank i want to uh finish setting up my Fowler tank and get some clown, clown fish in there. I'm doing a saltwater tank in my fish room. Um, You know, just stuff like that. Uh, I think that's just, just kind of little tweaks. I wanna just, uh, I'm slowly kind of moving plants around as well. I'm trying to have green in almost every tank as much as possible, uh, just because it, you know, a couple of reasons, it looks good, um, but also it has a, uh, a benefit to the tanks as, uh, as far as uh, the water quality and the reducing nitrates because of the uh, plants absorbing those so um otherwise it's just kind of like little tweaks here and there i do want to point out though so when i was on episode 38 of the Quartz podcast we were <laughs> we were talking about oscars so this will be my last thing here we were talking about oscars and and uh I currently have three Oscars and we were talking about Oscar diet and I had shared, um, you know, my my beliefs as far as uh, what we should be feeding our fish and that we should, you know, feed fish the types of food that they would normally have access to piscivores or omnivores, et etc. And that we shouldn't be feeding land based protein like beef and chicken and things like that. And then you had a um, Someone on your podcast just a couple of months later, uh, I think she's an aquatic veterinarian.
0: Dr. Ashley Emanuel.
1: Yes, and she said the same thing as I said. She did, she (laughs)
0: did. Validation. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, she definitely did say that. And uh, I mean, it just, you know, logically it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So
1: Anyway, I thought that was funny, so... Good times. But, uh, yeah, but thanks for having me on. It's always, uh, always fun to catch up with you and uh, always fun to talk about fish and, you know, share, share what's going on. And, uh, I appreciate
0: it. Yeah, absolutely, Zenzo. Definitely good catching up with you, man. Let's uh, We'll we'll stay in touch. And uh, I hope this was a nice break in your uh, busy-filled week and busy-filled day of of work-related conference calls. And this has given you a nice little release to talk to somebody about something that isn't directly related to your uh, professional work job. It definitely was fun. <laughs> Thank you. All right, Zenzo, you take care, man. I'll talk to you later. You too. Bye-bye.